Good morning, Faith Life Church. It's uh, again, it's a privilege to be with here, and um, what a challenging week we've had this week. Deb. We are now in stage four lockdown. We have um, quarantine, and, and now we also have a, a curfew. I, I can't remember a time in my personal life that it has been like that. It's been a challenging week as, as there have been international instances and there are now in, in, a, in, a, in where we are in Australia, in our state of Victoria, there's just so many things that are just happening today. And But God is still God. And um, to me this week, God has just been specifically speaking to me things that I have not seen or heard before. And, and there's just been... Um, couple of things that this week that's triggered so many things off. One of the thing, first things that happened to me that this week that changed the way I see things was I went out to our front garden and I noticed both of our cars were really dirty. So I decided to do something really radical and go, I'm going to wash my own cars. So what I did was I started washing one of the cars and the cars were parked side by side. So as I washed one car and then I moved to go to the other car and as I and so I finished one, went to the other. I kept looking and there was all these dirt patches on the first car that I washed. So I'm, my, my mistake was I'm thinking, oh, I forgot to wash it. You know, how silly of you. So I go back and re-wash that side of the car. I'm back to washing the other car in about a couple of minutes. It's the same marks appear again on the other car. So I get back and I'm washing and I'm washing and I'm washing. And then again, this happened to be about three times I'm realizing the harder I was, so I actually got a different sponge, got more soap, I hosed it down even more, and I realized the harder I tried, I couldn't get rid of these stains. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me, the stains were a reflection of the concrete where the cars were parked on. The stains were not from the car, but it was what was reflected upon it. And when I realized that, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me in my front garden. And he goes, Ted, this is what's happening to so many people. Is that the outside is reflecting on you and you keep thinking that that's you. So the reflection on the outside is reflecting on the cars. So I'm thinking the car's dirty, the car's wrong. And there are times in our lives where the outside is reflecting things on us and we think that something's wrong with us. We think that we're dirty, so we keep trying to change something that doesn't need to be changed. So God spoke to me. It's sometimes we are acting on reflections, but not on reality. And then... Um, Sula and I were sitting down there watching a talk show about Christian business people and they were being interviewed and they were just they were talking about you know what they're going through at present you know with the coronavirus with things being in lockdown and and they were just inspirational faith filled you could say that their reality was to say yes there is a problem but yes there is an answer and while I'm watching this God drops this thought into my spirit and it was this Isaac sowed in the time of famine Isaac sowed in the time of famine and that phrase resonated inside of me and it wouldn't leave me I woke up with it the following morning I dreamt about it and it's so, so to me God and God spoke to me Ted, this is a word for the church 
This is a word for every single person. You need to get this word out to as many people as possible. So I went into prayer and I started to study this word called famine. For, see, I always realized famine was a lack of food. But then I realized by looking at what's coming across our media today, we have a famine. And the word famine means to be hungry for. It means to be in lack. It means this. So when we talk about famine, it means that what was once is no longer. So what I used to do before, I can't do anymore. What I used to eat, I can't eat anymore. Where I used to drive, where I used to walk, where I used to exercise, I can't do anymore. So famine is living without and is being really hungry. So, uh, so to me was realizing there's one level of being famine. And then what I realized too, just a study of famine, famine teaches you to eat things you wouldn't eat. So it means to be hungry. It means to be lax. So when you are in famine, you will eat things that you would normally not eat. You will do things that you normally don't do. Just, just to clarify this point, never in my time have I seen a run out on toilet paper. It, 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 it's, it still boggles my mind, is that normally people would not go out and hoard toilet paper. But yet, when people feel that they're in a time of famine, we will do things that we don't normally do. You know, just look at the news. People are doing things they normally do. People that are not normally depressed are now depressed. People that are normally don't have anxiety now have anxiety. People that normally, you know, don't have sleepless nights have now got sleepless nights. So famine makes us do and eat things that we normally wouldn't do. And th there was a test made in the 1940s. They took 36 men and decreased their eating capacity to only 20%. So they were getting, of all the nutrients they needed, it was just reduced to 20. And what they found over the coming weeks and the months was this, is that the moment Food is decreased. The moment you go into like a famine st uh, state or you go into a hungry state, there's a mechanism in your brain that stops certain parts of your body from functioning as they normally do. What they found was this. After a prolonged time, every major organ in the body shrank by two-thirds. And so all the muscle fiber, your kidneys, your heart, everything shrank. And, but the two things that became more active was the sense of smell and the sense of hearing. So here you are in your hunger, and we all know that when we smell food, it does something. So our sense of smelling has increased. And so is our hearing. And so what they realize, and then the body starts to eat on itself. So there is a... Uh, famine, when it causes hunger, that reduces it. And understand, we are not just a physical body, but we are a spiritual body. And what I realized at the moment, we are living in a time of famine. People are in hunger for hope. People are in a hunger for encouragement. People are in a hunger to know that somebody is looking out for them. People are in hunger 
Do people remember us? People are in a hunger thinking it will never go back to the normal. People are in a hunger to dream again, to believe again, to believe that my business will thrive again, my ministry will thrive again, my family will thrive again, my finances will thrive again. And I realize we're living in a time of famine as never ever before. And it's not just an Australian famine, it's a global famine. Right now, where we are, we are living in a global famine. People are eating and listening to things they would have never ever listened to before. People are behaving in a way that they would have never behaved before. Because in a time of famine, your normal organs, the organs of love, the organs of faith, the organs of hope, start to shrink and we get into doing things that we normally wouldn't do. So when God started to speak to me and I saw it myself, I was experiencing some of those things myself. So I went, so I said, God, you need to explain this to me. And the first thought that came into my spirit, that there, when every time the word famine was ever mentioned in scripture, yes, the first reaction was lack, whether it be a, a lack of uh, love or food or protection. But there was also a spiritual element of this. And then God led me to the, Abram. This is before he became Abraham. In, our, in Genesis 12, we get this word. And there was famine in the land. There was famine in the land. In Genesis 12, verse 10. And then he says this, And Abram went down to Egypt. Now, to put this into context, this is before Abram had his God encounter. So we're talking pre God encounter. God called him out of his country and brought him into the promises, but he was still called Abram, not Abraham. That now that needs to sink in. This is before he had an encounter with God. And he says that scripture um, verse 10 says this, and he went down to Egypt. Now, as, as if, if you're a faith lifer, you would understand. We've dealt with this before. The Bible always says you go down to Egypt and you go up to Jerusalem. You go down to Egypt. Now, to understand what this means, the word Egypt means the house of bondage. A house of bondage. And what does a house have? A house has multiple rooms. A house has protection around it. A house has a kitchen in it. A house has or a community center in it where you can, you know, like it's called a family room. It has personal room. So they went down to a place that gives you food, that gives you shelter, that gives you protection, that gives you company. And the Bible says he went down to Egypt. Well, what we know is that Abram got himself into so much trouble. He, he was so afraid of being killed that he lied about his wife, Sarai. And, 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 and through all of that, God protected him and prospered him. I want you to let that sink in to your spirit this morning. Even before God made a covenant with him, when God called him out, 
He was never going to be alone, even though he made the mistake, even though he did what wasn't right. God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So God protected him in his ignorance. That that should give us a little bit of hope. If we've done things out of ignorance and we are, and we are condemning ourselves, we need to stop it this morning. So what we have is the first time famine is mentioned. Now, when I looked at Genesis 12, understanding this, if we want to put this into context, it is what was being taught about Genesis 12. I did some research about what this is, how the rabbis used to interpret Genesis 12.10. And what I found was what we know, but there's always a natural a level and there's also a supernatural and what I found in my study and where God was leading me to was this is that when Genesis 12 was being explained to the children of Israel so just to go back a little bit here before Genesis was written Genesis was written after they left the house of bondage after they left Egypt. And the Bible says that Moses went up to Mount Sinai and he got the first five books of the Bible and he brought them down to the children of Israel. So the principle is this, is that Moses went up so that he could come down so that he can bring the people up. So what we got, we go up and then what we, what we receive when we go up we bring down to the level that we are so that we can be taken to the level where we receive the revelation. Let me just ponder on that. So God says, you are on this level where you are, but for your, the answer for where you are is not where you are, it's with me. It's, it's a revelation from heaven. So you go into the spirit to bring it down into the natural to bring you up. So when I realized what, when they were saying there, there was a famine in the land, here's the key. The word in literal Hebrew for there was can also be rendered as he was becoming. So the first part of Genesis 12.10, it says, and there was famine in the land. The word there, there was is can also be and he was becoming. And this what was taught by the rabbis, the children of Israel, was this. There he was becoming famine. He was becoming famine. But here's the key. The word there, famine, is also translated as lack of faith in the land. So what was happening is that the famine was called the lack of faith in the land. And so Abraham was in famine. He was in a land where there was a lack of faith. So what happens when there is no faith? There is no hope. In, we find this in Hebrews. It tells us, so faith is a substance of things hopeful. So if there is a famine of faith, there is no hope. So when, when we read Genesis 12 and there was famine in the land, we can also read it like this. And there was a lack of faith in 
the Lamb. And or it is becoming. And so what we can render is this, is that if you stay here long enough in this famine, the famine will go into you. You will become that. So when there is a famine, it is a sign of a lack of faith. That means there's no faith in the atmosphere. There is no faith talk. There is no faith singing. There is no faith worship. There is no faith encouragement. There is no faith dreaming. So when we read this Genesis 12, before he has an encounter, Abram is in a place of no faith. But then, if we keep moving, we go to Genesis 17. And we won't have time just to go through the whole lot. But in Genesis 17, God comes and he makes a covenant with Abram. And after the covenant, he becomes Abraham. And what we know about Abraham is that before he makes the covenant, his marriage is barren. He has no heirs. And his name is Abram. And his wife's name is Sarai. But after the covenant that God says, because of this covenant, the whole world will be blessed. Understand something. He's not saying, Abraham, this is one promise for you. And just we'll put a hedge of protection around it. And this is just for you. It's not for everybody. So God makes a covenant with Abraham. And he says, the whole world will be blessed because of you. And then he says this, now because you have a covenant with me, I need to call you something different. So he says, from now on, you're going to be a father of nations. Abraham, Sarai, you will become Sarah, the mother of nations. And so what you have is this huge shift. You have a shift that says, before your encounter, you were Abram, you were Sarai, you were barren, you had no place to live, you were just Hey, you were just struggling, you're surviving like everybody else. But because I made the covenant. Now, let's elevate this. It wasn't Abraham going to God and saying, hey, we need to make a covenant. It was God coming to him and making a covenant. Therefore, the weight of this covenant is not dependent upon Abraham, it's dependent upon God. It wasn't a 50-50 partnership. What it was, it was a partnership that God says, I will make sure that every nation, every person on this globe is going to be blessed. And the beauty with it is as well, was we find in Romans 11, verses, I think, 17 to 25, that you and I are grafted into the same promises of God. That is why, as we mentioned a couple of weeks earlier, is that when we are encouraged, we are to think about the God of our fathers. Do you realize when we enter the same, when we are grafted in, it means this, that the same power that brought prosperity to Abraham, that brought, made his wife fertile, that built a nation, is the same source that is now available to you and me. So what we have is 
Abram, in a time of famine, goes down to Egypt, has all of these problems. God rescues him and he goes, that is never to happen again, Abram. And so now he makes a covenant. And when he's making the covenant, you know what he's saying to you right now? Right now in your living room, in your car, wherever you are, the same power that was flowing to Abraham is now flowing to you. So when you have an encounter, so from Genesis 12 to Genesis 17, you could call it Abraham before. So it's before the encounter. So it's B.C. So B.C. is before you have an encounter with God. He has an encounter with God. He has a miracle son. Now, when we talk about an encounter with God, this is the most amazing encounter with God. The Bible says that Abram became Abraham because of his faith in God. And his faith made him righteous. It wasn't his working. It wasn't that he was smarter than everybody else. But, but the Word of God tells us that because he dared to believe he was made righteousness by his faith and you and I are grafted in to the same measure of righteousness as Abraham the same privileges the same power the same word the same heritage so when we think about our lineage our lineage is connected to Abraham and he has a son now watch this in Genesis 26 Verse 1 says, A severe famine now struck the land as he had before in Abraham's time. So Isaac moved to Gur, where Amalek, the king of the Philistines, lived. I want you to understand this. A, a severe famine now struck the land as it had before in Abraham. So the same spirit of a lack of faith, his, his son was now experiencing. Now remember this now. Isaac is a son of the promise. Isaac understands his dad. He understands his lineage. So Isaac gets under the same famine as did his father. But there's something just so different. Understand this. So now Isaac is living in a land where there is no faith. He is surrounded by the land of no faith. See, what happens is this, is that you can be in a lack of famine, but don't let the famine get into you. So the Bible says in Abraham, Abraham was becoming a man of lesser faith. He was, his faith was decreasing. So God says famine is when things and environment attacks your faith. So God says, now you need to leave there. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something. You cannot go down to a house of bondage to resurrect your faith. I, I feel that this is a word of God for so many of you listening to me right now. That you cannot go back to BC to resurrect your faith. You can't go back. Make a, an absolute resolution within your spirit today. I am not going back to where I was. I'm not going back. I am now a person of a covenant. I have got a covenant because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So he says, you can't go back. And, and you can see the father now teaching his son what he taught Abraham. If you look at verse 2, and the Lord appeared to Isaac and he said this, don't go down to Egypt. Just let's ponder there. So Isaac's natural inclination, his reaction to the famine was to go down to Egypt. Okay. Now, he, 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 here's where we start to get a little bit nitty-gritty. The, the reaction, the normal reaction where faith is not active is to go back to another system. Is to go back to a, the, another way of thinking. Is to go back to before the encounter. If I can encourage you, you are not the same person that you are now that you were before you had an encounter with the blood of Jesus Christ, before you had an encounter with the forgiveness of Christ, before you had the encounter with the grace gospel of Christ about the power of forgiveness. And he's Isaac. Naturally, I, I, I am in famine. I am hungry. My organs, everything is going down. I am going down to the house of bondage to help. Understand something. Egypt looks really good until you get into the house. Egypt looks really good until you eat the bread of the house of bondage. Egypt looks really good until you start to sing its songs. You start to have poetry. You start to have entertainment. And then all of a sudden, what becomes sweet in your mouth turns into bitterness. So what you find, you can't go down to go up. Please expect for God to do a miracle. We don't go backwards to go forwards. We don't go back to Egypt. We don't go to the house of bondage to find help. We go up. So he, so he says this to him. And the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Underline those words. Underline them in your thinking. Underline them in your emotion. Underline them in your imagination. And he says this, Isaac, you are a son of promise. The same famine that hit Abraham is the same famine hitting you. Here's the key. I want to just show you something. The famine you and I experience is nothing new. It's already happened, but people have already come through it. So what we are experiencing right now, what you and I are experiencing, what you're experiencing in your home when you look at your situation, what you are experiencing about your job, what you are experiencing about the relationships, what you are experiencing, it's nothing new. We can't go, this is out of the scope of God. See, what happens is this. It was the same spirit that was attacking Abram is now the same spirit that's attacking you. And what is this spirit? This spirit is the spirit that shuts down your faith. It makes you think, it makes you feel that you are the famine, that you have famine inside of you, that you have no option. See, one of the things 
that the spirit of famine does. It says, you now do not have any choices. Somebody else is making all the choices for you. But here's the key. He says, this is what God's telling him. Now remember, remember that you are now grafted into the same family as this. So all of the provisions that were given to Abram, then the God encounter, he has a covenant. And, and just for those that want to do a deeper study on it, it was a blood covenant. It was a covenant made by blood. It was made by sacrifices. Just think about your, the realm we are entering now. We're entering the realm of the slain blood of the Lamb. We're entering that when Jesus died, He made a covenant for you and me. It was a blood covenant. And, and the blood still speaks to us today. So this is the beauty of it. This is the beauty of it. So here's what God's telling us. The same things that you are feeling emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, geographically is the same that has been on attack on all of us right from the generations. So the same spirit that tried to pull to take down Abraham before he became Abraham, is now the same spirit that wants to take his son, that wants to take your promises, that wants to take all your kids, that wants to take your business. So God comes up to him and he says this, but do as I tell you. So here's the key, is that look what everybody else is doing to try and fight the famine, but God says, I don't want you to do that. To me, what saddens me, our suicide rate in our nation is up. Uh, 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 to me, what was really hard was there was a report that came out that said that with, there's a 40% increase on people inquiring about divorce. There are so many things. There are so many people uh, are cheating and lying to get money to do all of these things. But God says, this is how the world is coping. This is how... now. This is not a judgment. It is when I look at people, they're coping in the famine as much as they know. That they have been given tools, they have been given methods on how to cope. But I'm talking to you as a born again believer. I'm talking to you is that you are a son and a daughter of the living God. And God says, you don't have to go down to go up. I am the one that breaks the famine. I am the one that breaks the drought. So God is saying to you right now, what, the Bible says, by worrying, it doesn't solve it. By staying up at night, doesn't solve it. By leaving somebody you love, doesn't solve it. By getting angry, it doesn't solve it. By, you know, putting up posts against the government, by putting posts against all of this. It, it doesn't solve it. God, what God is telling us right now, the solution to where you are right now is to do what He tells us to do. Right now, you and I are bombarded by a spirit that 
is a lack of faith. Famine means that there is a lack of faith. And God says to him, when there is a lack of faith, you go down to Egypt because you think that's where you'll find the answer. But God is turning this around. Today is a day where we start to turn around. Today is the day that we're going to break the famine. Today is the day that we rise up and we go, hey, okay, I, the famine is out there, but it's not in here. It is the same to me. I'm trying to wash the car, not realizing that it's only a reflection, but it's not inside. I'm here to tell you the famine is not in you. It's a reflection. The famine is outside, not inside. You are a man of God. You are a woman of God. You are a child of God. You are a saint of God. You are God's righteousness. You are God's forgiveness. You are who he says to you. We need to rise up, be diligent in this. So God says, I want you to do what I tell you to do. And that's what we're going to, we, we, that's all we have time for. Because I want to pray, but we're going to hit next week. Because what we're going to do next week is, is in verse 12. And he says this And Isaac sowed in a time of famine and got a 100% increase. The first thing that you find that you do, that God tells you to do, I want you to do, to do things that are contrary to what the famine is telling you what to do. You are going to, I want you to believe for things that seem unbelievable. I want you to praise with an atmosphere where the last thing you want to do is praise. I want you to give in the last atmosphere, in, a, you know, in this atmosphere where no one is, everybody's saying hoard, hoard, hoard. God's saying give, give, give. So what you find because you are not living in a land of a lack of faith. You are, famine means a lack of faith, where faith doesn't do that. In Habakkuk 2.4, it says, But my righteous ones will live by faith. They will not live by the dictates of famine, which equals a lack of faith. But my people will make decisions by faith. My people will worship by faith. My people will encourage by faith. My people will do amazing things by faith. So I want you to be prepared that you and I are going to rise up to this spirit of lack. We're going to rise up to this famine and we are going to declare right now, hey famine, you are out there but you're not in me. You might be reflecting all of this stuff on me, but I don't have to wash it away because it can't get in there because I am a man of faith. And God will do this. See, the moment you decide that you are not going to go to Egypt, that's when God speaks to you. I want you to see the, um, the, the order that God puts this in. He first tells him, hey, you're Isaac. Number one, he's telling him, your, your dad is a man of faith. You are in the same lineage. The, the covenant I made with your dad, I'm also making with you. And then he says, now, get that granted. Then he says, don't go down to Egypt. Because when you, listen to me carefully here, when you go down to Egypt, you stop hearing God. So, so the moment Isaac did this, I'm making a stand. I'm not going down to get help. I'm going to go up. That's when God spoke. So today, we want to put ourselves in a position of making a decision that we are no longer going to participate in a land of famine. You're not in famine. God is with you. You're not in famine. God loves you. We are going to expect 
amazing miracles for you and your family, for your businesses, for your relationships, for your finances, for your homes, for your investments. Because I believe that God is positioning us. God has positioned us for greatness. And all we need to do, I love what Joshua said. As for me and my family, I will serve the Lord. As your pastor, as for me and my church, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my business, we will serve the Lord. As for me, as a husband and we and my family, we will serve the Lord. And let God speak, because when God speaks, there's going to be a hundredfold increase. See, Isaac did the exact opposite. Not, not just, to, just to stand out, but what he did was, he actually said, God, because I have decided that I'm going to love you and I'm going to follow you, that I'm going to take a step of faith. You see, so you and I are in the seed of Abraham. And therefore means that you and I are people of faith, people that will venture out and people that will listen. So not only did he tell him, don't go down, but he says, now I want you to listen. I believe that in the coming days, God is going to speak into your situation. I believe that God is going to speak into every situation and tell you what you need to do. And what we want to do is this. As Faith Life Church, I want to, everybody in Faith Life Church, I need you to stop the famine of not encouraging. Means that you can text, you can do this. I'm going to share a little bit, a little bit more of it. But what we want to do is we want to start we want to start to fill the atmosphere with hope. We want to start to fill the atmosphere with the greatness of God, with the faith of God. We're going to expand in where we are. So this is my call to you, Faith Life Church. Use every medium to encourage somebody. This week, at least once a day, email somebody Text somebody, give them a scripture, tell them you're praying for them. Let not one single day go by without doing the opposite to famine. Famine makes you sit, sit by yourself and you go, well, no one's encouraging me, no one's encouraging me. But I am here to tell you that um, once a day, at least once a day, and we're going to show you a little bit more in the coming weeks what we're going to be doing. But what we want to do is we want to fill the atmosphere encouraging. If You know, if people are starving for somebody to notice them. People are starving for somebody to encourage them. People are starving for somebody to give them hope. And we are no longer going to be silent because famine makes you quiet. Famine makes you eat stuff you don't want to eat. But we are eating the living word of God. So I want to encourage you. Use your email, messenger, whatever social media you are on. And I want you to flood it, flood it flooded with the hope of God. We are not hungry, but we are overfed. We are overblessed because of the Spirit of God. We are not living under famine. We are living under grace. We're not living under depression. We are living under hope. We are a people of faith. The righteous shall live by faith. The righteous shall sing by faith. The righteous shall give by faith. And I just want to encourage you because I'm, I am I feel that this is the word of the Lord for you. That this week, not one single day, you're not going to go out and do the opposite to the drought. 
You're going to bless, you're going to give, you're going to encourage. We'll show you next week a little bit more because you'll, you'll see the amazing way that men and women of God have broken the drought in so many ways. Now let me pray for you. Father, I just really want to thank you. Father, we might be living in a land, we might be living in an atmosphere with a lack of faith. There, there is no faith that things are going to get better. There is no faith that there's going to be a turnaround. Everybody is shrinking in their encouragement. People are shrinking in their giving. People are shrinking in, in just loving each other. People are shrinking in their dreams. People are shrinking in all of that. But Father, right now, I just release the faith of God upon you. I release the goodness of God upon you. I break that spirit of drought on you. I break the spirit of famine. Famine is on the outside and not on the inside. I will not succumb. I will not go under famine, but I will overcome famine. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak into your situation. Wherever you are, I break the famine by the power of Jesus Christ. I break the power of the devil. I break the power of all the spirits of confusion. I break the power of the spirit of depression. I break the power of sickness. I break the power of poverty because of the power of Jesus Christ. Agree with me today. Let your faith arise today. Today is a day of our breakthrough. Today is the day of our Lord. Like, like you did to Moses, Father. Like you did to Abram. You made him Abraham and you took him out of famine. Like you did to Isaac. Like you did to Joseph. Like you did to Ruth. Like you did to so many others. Father, do unto us. Father, we Make a decision today that we're not going down to Egypt, but we're going up to you. Father, we are making a decision that we do not suffer from a lack of faith. And Father, we make a decision that we will not feed on the things that people in famine feed on, but we're going to feed on the Word of God. We're going to feed on the hope of God. And we're going to feed on the beautiful grace of God. And Father, right now, I just release that to every single person watching and those that are going to be watching it. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just want to encourage you to keep on encouraging others. Don't do what the spirit of famine is telling you to do. Do what God's doing. If you, somebody drops something, if a person is dropped on your heart, message them. Send scriptures out. I'm encouraging everybody in Faith Life to go overboard on encouraging others. And again, tune in next week. You're going to hear a lot more and be blessed a lot more. See you then.